The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. No, 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 Larks from Idle Sellers. How you been, buddy? It's good to see you again. Good to see you guys. Uh, I guess I'm doing well. Could be better, could be worse, but you know, hey, Goldilocks all over the place right now. You know what? <laughs> if, if you're saying that, that's about the best you can do today. So, hey, it's a rainy day in Sonoma. That's yeah. Good. Fill up those reservoirs. Sure. Let's let's, let's <laughs> recharge those. Uh, there's a bunch of wells being drilled in the valley and i'm thinking we need to refill those aquifers because fill those holes they're just gonna keep sucking it out of the ground yeah and does this mean it's snowing in tahoe too oh yeah they're supposed oh, yeah. to get four feet i think nice. excellent yeah. nice. well they'll be happy we'll have something oh, yeah. to drink in the uh in the uh summertime <laughs> too so well last time i talked to you you were off on a worldwide adventure and you've been a traveling man this last year yeah, I think I went to about 12 countries last year and then about 10 states. So, you know, trying to do it as wine-related so I can write it off. But well, um, Of course it is. You know, if you go to Japan, they have sake. Wine is also a liquid. So I think I can kind of pull that thing off and write <laughs> about it. So what country did you drink the best in? As in, I felt the happiest as I drank this alcoholic no, uh, sorry, like, like, like what country were you in where you went, God, we're having another amazing bottle of wine or we're having this amazing, you know, whiskey or whatever. What, what country like is your, is, is the biggest memory from those six months or so? I mean, all of a sudden it became this madness of everything. I mean, the sake in Japan was awesome. And we did spend a day drinking sake in the middle of these kind of snow mountains where all the um, snow monkeys are kind of chilling yeah, in the yeah. hot springs. Oh, and they're all like grooming each other, pulling oh. ticks off each other or whatever. <laughs> Ice if that's what we're going to be calling it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're two feet away from us, like in the hot springs. Just, you know, they're just so relaxed. They're like, oh, it, it, and they just kind of run by and they're throwing their poo at each other. And they're like, you know what? This is great. We should go drink some sake all day. Yeah. So, you know, we just admire those guys. And then, but, you know, Portugal was, you know, it was almost weather like this. It was like a little bit warmer, but gray. But, you know, going through all the different caves and constantly just drinking port and trying all the different kind of white wines and stuff that were producing. It's, you know, my Portuguese is, I think I know four words, but it's, as long as you know, bon dia and obrigado, you just yeah. kind of keep learning and keep drinking. And it's, uh, it's delicious. Yeah. For those of you that, that have never um, heard of Ben Larks before. He's he's one of those guys that you kind of want to live your life vicariously through. Um, as me, you know, now reaching 50, you look at Ben, a single guy, you know, he's somewhat good looking. He's uh, all, of, all of 21. <laughs> I, 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 I want to be like Ben. That, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he owns no winery, but uh, manages to make high quality wines without a lot of responsibility likes to have fun, and then we'll just take off for months at a time and visit other countries. I don't know uh, if there's anyone else that I should look up to. You know, Brian, I think it's a little, I think it's a little more complicated than that, though. I don't know. It looks good from the outside. That is actually awesome. I, 
I have to look at my life now on the outside going in. So I, it sounds like I do need another vacation so I can actually look at myself because I just look at other things when I leave the country. Yeah. But it's nice to kind of, oh, yeah, I guess okay, life is damn good. Yeah, sounds you know, It could like be a lot it. worse. Well, you right. can't argue with it. No, but, no. But I mean, it, I love to fill out the passport. It's, the webpage does say that you own a micro winery. Yeah, it's a cute word. What's a micro winery? It's adorbs. Um, it was before the fantastic word of boutique showed up. Right. So uh-huh. we just got to do a little bit of editing. So micro, just, um, you know, it's it's small. We're doing, um, you know, anywhere between four to eight different kind of varietals a year, all maybe like 300 cases per lot. So, you know, some of that comes and goes real fast. And Yeah, I think that the TTB um, has a designation of what's a micro winery. Um, I think Ben's inspiration was probably before the, um, the, the, the true meaning of what the government thinks of it. But um, there is a designation of a, a ultra small winery called well, micro it, winery. Isn't it 3,000 or less? Something yeah. like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah we're 2,000 right. around there. Right. You know, it depends what Mama Nature is kind of squirting out at the time. I had to laugh at the numbers that uh, Tim Wallace was kicking out last week. I mean, millions and millions of bottles of their wine going up. Yep. And it's hard to think of something at that scale, just, you know, right here in the valley. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, the fact is, is that the story that I remember that we talked about is at the home ranch where Benziger is now, when they sold Glen Ellen, they were bottling a million cases a year out of that facility. <laughs> and, you know, it was tanker trucks coming in and glass trucks Glass trucks would actually come in, drop off glass, and they'd be reloaded with product and, and sent out. And, yeah. I mean, if anyone who's been there, you can just imagine what it would have been like. Um, and then the other 4 million cases they were doing down at what is now the Constellation Warehouse down on 8th Street East. Oh, yeah. the other 4 million? The other 4 oh, million. Oh, okay, that, that's yeah, nice. Right. Yeah. right. But, These are all numbers that um, you lose me after about three of those digits. Yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah. know, it, it it was of a time. Yes. Well, I mean, um, it's also different winemaking stats. I mean, if they're selling it and people are definitely buying it and drinking it, hey, good for them. Yeah. But it's, you know, of course, made completely right. different from what well, we and, and, and and because when we talked to, I mean, this was the time when the fighting varietals were being established. And, you know, the Benziger has been kind of given the credit for Bruno Benziger for establishing that, mm-hmm. you know, thing that Robert Mondavi says, well, but Bruno, you can't put Chardonnay on the label at that price. And Bruno said, well, I can because that's what it is, you know, and um, and that kind of started that whole fight of which everybody started. Watch me. Yeah. 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 So, you know, mid 80s and that's when it all grew. So. Anyway. Somebody will always do it. Right, exactly. So, and Ben, who's your, you still got a partner, right? A business partner. Right. Yeah, his Sorry, wife yeah, would be, I should have uh, clarified that. Yeah, we want yeah, to make his sure wife that, would be upset. Well, we want to make sure the ladies out there <laughs> yeah. know that you are currently single. Yeah, no, when we camp, it's buns to buns. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're all set. And how did you guys meet? Um, it was a sunny day. Yeah. No, we <laughs> met at um, Deerfield as just kind of interns, seller guys at um, 2007. So, and just uh, side by side working together and then decided, hey, we like kind of going out for a drink after work and started talking and say, hey, uh, maybe you want to move in together or no, you want to make some wine together or. First of all, I like the idea of drinking after work during harvest because it's like, okay, it's like midnight, like, no, we're drinking during harvest. Right. I mean, no, I mean, not at all. Um, <laughs> maybe a cocktail here and there. Um, but it was <laughs> like, I had no idea. I mean, it was. For me, it was just kind of a gig, something to, uh, to play because I was finishing up my teaching credentials and I was teaching and it, 
the idea was, you know, you've been in uh, Sonoma County for like 15 years, and I was always kind of curious, but had the opportunity, I'm, okay, let's let's have fun doing some cellar work, and I knew nothing, and I was just kind of learning and just absorbing. And, and so what vintage was this? Uh, 2007. Okay. Okay. Which was that unicorn year where everything right. was just kind of perfect. I'm like, man, this is great. You know, and I, I knew nothing where the idea was. I was wondering where the blueberries and chocolate were that you kind of just chuck in there sure. so you kind of get those flavors. <laughs> and um, I mean, we were just kind of learning with each other. Um, Ari is just, um, he's 10 years younger than me. So, you know, there's things that we get along with. Some things like I don't understand. You're, is I'm, it I'm generational at yeah. 10 years? It. I'm trying to think if we're, we, we were having a discussion about the whole Gen X, Gen Y, millennial thing. And we were both like on a cusp. Oh, I'm, I'm total Gen X. And he has a little bit. But we get along in so many different ways. You know, it's like, okay, music, we kind of connected in. Um, reading, just kind of the cultures. He's a traveler as well. He could read. You could read. Yes. Yeah, cool. like, What's that word? <laughs> it's like, a good start. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys decide, let's let's branch out on our own and make a little bit of wine. He was starting his, he started Idle in actually in 2006, so like four, so he kind of got grapes. He always had that kind of idea. And in seven, I was still like, thought I was going to be a teacher. Um, then as Harvest was started going on, Nobody was kind of managing as the teacher. I couldn't help but tell people what to do. So I started telling people what to do. It's, it's fun too. Um, and then at the end of Harvest, they hired me on. I'm like, great. And, you know, Robert Rex, the, um, the owner winemaker at Deerfield, just became the mentor. And he was kind of teaching me these things. And next Harvest was coming along. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy some fruit as well. And Ari came back. And we, we just were uh, jiving really well and just kind of talking. And we're like, all right, let's just join forces and doing two separate things. So everything was just, all right, we'll see how it goes. We'll make a little bit of wine. If it sells, we're doing all right. And then we put it right back into the company. If not, we just kind of fade away into the dust. Right. So yeah. to go back a little bit farther, um, did you like wine um, before that? Were you a wine drinker before that? Um, I was a wine drinker. I was not a wine taster. Right. So, but I mean, did you, uh, did, you have, uh, did you have wines that you were into? Like... Did you know you liked Zinfandel, or did you um, had you ever had a Grenache before? Did, did you know what Chateauneuf de Pop was? No idea. I had, you know, I liked Cab. You know, I, I liked the five. You know, I liked right. Chardonnay. Um, I liked some Sauvignon Blanc. I liked softer wines. I started realizing what I liked before I went. Um, I went to Sonoma State, um, yeah, last millennium, and you know there was no wine class or anything. I think I took a a business class, and it wasn't when something like this was like an idea. I mean, you would just kind of go wine tasting like a bunch of us, but we would just kind of get schnockered in a limo. I mean, we were we were that people. Of course. And you, we were that, did, you were that guy? Oh, I was really good. Did you good see that, that guy yesterday? Oh, yeah. No, we <laughs> had the we, guy yeah, we the, started with the, the bubbles. Democrat on Wine Country Weekend, or the, the people were like, oh. Well, we make money off those oh, yeah. people. That's all good. Yeah, no, I mean. Have fun. We didn't buy a single bottle, but, you know, <laughs> no. we you know we had our jack those during the day. Fees, oh, yeah. That's, that's no, cold, man. No, that's cold. Hey, in the last millennium, it was everything was free. Oh. So it was, it was beautiful. So this is, yeah, Sonoma before uh, took on the oh yeah, the the mini Napa model of charging for all the tastings. Oh yeah, no tucking. You know, shirt nobody in or charges right. really if you buy anything. I mean, you buy a bottle or two of yeah. wine that that passes for yeah. your tasting fee, and that, that's where it becomes yeah, not yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, they still don't pass if you just walk in. They say ten bucks. Don't they waive it if you buy a couple of bottles? Not everywhere. Easel? It yeah. depends. Some people say if you, uh, with the purchase of a bottle per person. Some people say six. Some right. people say a yeah. case. Yeah. I mean, every everyone's different. It just depends what they're mm. what they're looking to well, do. Well, you you make it sound pretty damn easy. 
because your wines are not to be laughed at. These are really good wines, and I've been drinking for several years, and I really like them. Thank you. It's the idea was you're doing something right. I appreciate. It. I mean, it, uh, we're still here, you know, twelve years later, and the idea it was as I started learning about it, and actually learning to be a teacher at the same time. The idea was just being present and just observing everything around you and taking every little step that's in front of you because you can't take the five steps without being that first one so even going through every little taste of wine it became or even just the grapes or juice it was like an away pitcher at a baseball game you know everyone's yelling and screaming at them but you can still focus on just that little bit and figure out what kind of story is going on through the palate and as i just started to really understand it and break everything down and, and taste it and you know took a couple classes here and there but just listen to everybody and like, oh, I don't know what this varietal is. Let's try this. Let's drink this thing. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? So, I, <laughs> you know, I love eating and drinking other things as well and, um, you know, cooking. And I was doing art, a lot of art. So, Is that what you were teaching? Was I that? was doing stone carving, woodshop, copper, farming, gardening, um, a little bit of everything, more subject kind of things. And the idea was just kind of manipulating, taking something and just kind of turning it into a different realm. And with all that, it was, wow, this is wine. You know, wine is a sauce, it is an art, it is something that changes from the moment that, you know, we, you know, you have a glass of wine. And for us, it's like, okay, what happened during that year, which was years ago during harvest, what's going on right now, and what's going to happen in the future? In many ways that you're creating art or even kind of creating a sauce, it has that very kind of similar thing. And as well as kind of having a, a student. Um, and trying to figure out what they need, what are their strengths and weaknesses, what you can do to kind of help them grow and to be um, somebody special in society. Not special like a helmet, like, you know, somebody like, okay, this guy is going to be kind of rocking. <laughs> a tax-paying member of society, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Responsible, like, right. et cetera, yeah. yeah. Now, you talk there. about being an artist. Is Are you the one that came up with this label design, or was that your partner? Um, that would be both of us. We uh -huh. were, you know, he, you know, saying he was a little bit younger, so he was from uh, Berkeley and lived in San Francisco for years, and so he has a lot of that kind of street art fun. And I was doing a lot of it's watercolors. Very oh, yeah. It's, it, it, we have a little bit of that kind of crazy. I mean, we've done some, a lot of underground crazy stuff as well. But, you know, even just doing the, um, the logo, we were just at his place. And, you know, we had a whole bunch of wine that was open. Not our stuff yet. And we just had some watercolors and parchment paper. And throughout the evening, we just kind of kept laughing and uh, designing and playing around and you know we already right. still has all the old parchment papers of the beginning ones of what it looked like so but but idol was already there was already the name yeah so the name was set um maybe you could talk a little bit about and i don't know if the different back labels are um each year it's different or each variety it's different but i i always loved your back label um and maybe explain your idol mm -hmm. moment bart would yeah. would you do me a favor though would you read one of the back labels for us Really, me? In yep. Your, in your public school and stuff. In <laughs> your in your most uh, Barry White esque. Uh, yeah, come over here and take me, off that brazier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give me a girl. short one. Give me a short one. <laughs> no, no, no way. It's I only have the longest one. Okay, here we go. There's okay. no complicated words. I promise. <laughs> no big words. No big words. <laughs> Maybe three or four syllables at the most. So this is on the 15 Grenache. Um, the hike was long through the deep jungle, insect checking rivers over volcanic rocks while deep conversations and random jokes filled our time. We reached the white sand beach, took off our packs, and collapsed in the soft, warm sand. The sun was about to set into the sea. One grabbed a bottle, the other the opener. We had no glasses. 
The smooth ambrosia was passed between us while the beauty of the sunset pulled us in. The only sound was the pounding of the sea and the sips from a perfect wine. Enjoy your idle moment. 144 cases produced. Damn. Wow. Okay. You smashing of the sea. Are these kind of <laughs> metaphors for something? Passing of the ambrosia. Well, it, yeah. I mean, we always had ambrosia holiday parties at my family. So Yeah, but they're just like, I like writing. And the idea is, God, you can use the word wine and vino so much. You have to think of different kind of ways to create, talk about this magical fluid. Um, what we do like on the back of the bottles is one night we were um, at actually EDK and we were just eating and drinking. Like, El Dorado Kitchen? Yes. There you go. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, abbreviations for kind of things. It's like, yeah, totes for, for totally. And for those of you that don't know, that's a, a restaurant in downtown Sonoma. That's right. Oh, yeah, we, there's places we're outside this room. kind of global. Yeah. Yeah. Probably okay. the most hipster restaurant in Sonoma. Yeah, okay. So take and we are worldwide now, so. Our world or all the planets? Our world. All the planets. All right. We go everywhere, man. Right. Let's do Jupiter <laughs> next. Um, the idea was, okay, so we're eating and drinking. We're like, what do we want to do on the back of the labels? And we're talking about, like, I don't want to tell people what they're supposed to taste. You know, if you haven't had burnt cinnamon, how the hell do you know what burnt cinnamon tastes like? So we don't want that. And as we started eating and drinking and bottles started falling off the tables and we're laughing and, and then we get distracted and we just started talking about all these other things and realized this is it. This is what wine's about. It's bringing people together. This is your experience. And we realize, you know, there's this difference between having the best wine you've ever had to, to compare to the best time you've had with wine. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make these moments. You know, it doesn't have to be the kind of the greatest wine in the world, but you're going to remember that time you had with your friends or by yourself or where wine was that kind of participant in what you were doing at that time. So people started sending us, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Um, actually, the... Um, Bart, the one that you wrote, uh, read, is the one I kind of wrote when we were in South Africa. So I went with, um, I met Ari in South Africa. I was in Mozambique first. I'm just making the story sound better. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, and we were just kind of like at the beach, and like, and that's what happened. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to write this down, put it on the bottle. And whenever, you know, with wine club members to anyone that knows our stuff, you know, they send us their stories. And so we got to put on the back. Yeah. I mean, you had something that was, I remember in social media, it was share your idle moment. Yeah. And people were sending stuff in like, right. If I remember. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll get the stories, we'll get, um, photos, you know, a lot of it is very inappropriate, so we can't really, Oh God, there was one I got from this, um, (laughs) tell older older mother in Kansas. And it is, it's so wrong. And like, I kept it. It's like, I want to have a series of things where I know that, Come on. We can't do it. I'll find it on the on the little... Come on, Ben. Okay, let me find it. You guys will create words with each other. And you, know, you know what would be really great, Ben, is to do a release for the wine club members? A little book that has all the stories put together. Almost like Penthouse Forum, but for wine, for wine drinkers, well, right? You know, it is on the bottle, so all they have to do is just kind of... You know, purchase a few more bottles, and well, then they get it all. <laughs> right. See how that? Okay, you know? so you could have a whole series yeah, if you order four cases. We thought about even doing shirts, um, you know, like on the back of a shirt, right? Kind of having like that. No, but you know, if if somebody, I'm thinking more uh, temporary tattoos. Why temporary? I guess everything well, is temporary <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> so, uh, how, how come the name Idol though? And, and uh, for those of you out there that haven't had the wine, it's spelled I-D-L-E. It's not like Billy Idol. It's I-D-L-E, Idol Cellar. Well, so you have did... Idol time. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's one of our wine clubs. The idea with Idol is there's two things. There's a, a Graham Green, who's this jazz musician, and he has a uh, song called Idol Times that goes on for like 20 minutes. And you know, it, 
there's that metaphor of kind of things can keep going and there's no, it feels like there's no finish. Things just kind of keep going and it kind of takes you on these different kind of realms and different dimensions. And actually what we met in 2007, it was, you know, this was a beast of a harvest. I think I worked 70 days in a row at one time, you know, we were picking from end of August till um, early December. And it was just, you know, when you become like this cellar crew, you become like this family because you're there during all light hours and some dark. We were sorting fruit one day. I think Kings of Leon was kind of rocking out. The wind was kind of blowing. We had some pints as we're just kind of sorting and it was just kind of quiet. And somebody stood back and goes, man, I enjoy these idle moments. So it's just where everything, all the noise of life just kind of goes away and you're just like kind of in this kind of moment of just being present. Yeah. So the idea of idleness kind of kind of grew, which of course now that you run a company and you do all this kind of work, idle is very hard to find. But you know we want to share that kind of you realm find with everybody in, else. You can find it in a bottle. Yes, you can well, have and, it yourself. And, you know, and good for you because you actually have to face that, and maybe it makes you enjoy your idle moment a little more often than you know other people. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Right? You know, as we meet people that um, from around the world that are doing the wine tasting, they come here to be on vacation. People forget about just turning off their phone and just being with their family or friends or lovers or whatever's kind of going on and just kind of turn it off. And like, look where you are, man. Sonoma is a beautiful place. You know, it doesn't matter what time of year, even now with all the rain, all that gray going through the uh, the mountains. I mean, it looks like spirits. It is. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. You know. I mean, we we're very lucky. So it's like, okay, turn Absolutely. it all off. Did, did you here. see the uh, waterfall coming up the hill? No, I was still trying to figure it's out where the hell it was. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, yeah. No, I don't think they're supposed to be Colorado. It's just, it's oh, really? just rain. <laughs> it's just rain. No, it's not like a landmark or a place that people come visit <laughs> it's, up, it's down the road. Just a turn off. You can take photos. Right. There. <laughs> and Ben, what do you think we should? So I should say that we were drinking the 2015 Grenache Blanc from the Mounts Vineyard, Alana and uh, d- uh, Dave. Nice Dave. One. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. Dave. Dave. Yeah. Sweet, oh, Dave's awesome. sweet couple. Um, how did you hook up with them? Um, I like how everything has to be a little bit romantic. Um, it was also um, an evening. Yeah. No, it was actually a day. We were that's right. We were pouring at a um, in a golf auction event, and we were just kind of pouring next to each other, and we just kind of totally jived. Just had a great time, and we were just drinking and drinking and laughing. Had a great time, and you know, you wake up in the morning, we're like, oh shit, I think we just bought a ton of fruit that we've never <laughs> made before. We're like, huh? Yeah. How do we do that? Like, we've never made Grenache Blanc. I had no idea that it was uh, a varietal. I always thought it was just kind of the rosé of Grenache. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, we're, we're going to figure this out. So it's just, you know, it's like a chef all of a sudden, like, okay, here's guinea fowl. I know you've never made it, but, you know, have fun and start figuring this out. So we're right. like, all right, so we'll go to the vineyard. We talk to Dave. We try to hunt down some Grenache Blanc um, as solo stuff, which is impossible to find because everyone kind of blends especially it. from dry creek valley exactly yeah <laughs> it was like okay but he 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 does such a great idea with roan varietals and we're like all right well let's see what we can do and you know we started tasting we're like okay now's a good time we started talking to dave about it and so you know it's a white fruit so we pressed it right away and this was it was beautiful it looked like a uh, tang it was like this kind of crazy vibrant wow. orange you just you it was like a rave. All of a sudden, you just wanted to, you know, put glitter on your body and start dancing. <laughs> and we're like, wow, this stuff is awesome. We're like, all right, so we'll stainless steel tank fermentation. Yeah, we'll bring out some of that kind of fruit. And, you know, just real slow for like slow um, three months. It was really just kind of sharp acidity. Um, you'll get all that stone fruit going on. We're like, you know what? It felt a little bit too sharp. Let's age it in uh, neutral French oak barrels for a bit. So we did that for three months. We're like, that's it. 
And so then we bottled it and we're like, we only did a ton, you know, which was what, um, I think we did 50 cases and we're like, all right, well, let's see what this kind of thing does. And it flew we're like, all right, I guess we're going to keep doing this. Nice. So it was, you know, it wasn't something that we ever expected to do. And, you know, it found us we're like, all right, well, let's, let's just kind of roll with it. Yeah. Well, thank you, because I know we picked some of this up up at the Girl the Fig uh, as well. And what do you think we should try next? You've got a Grenache, a Merlot, and a Syrah on the table. Uh, let's do Grenache. Let's, let's do, do it. The that sounds like which, a, a which perfect combination. Grenache is kind of now known as Grunts. your flagship wine, right? This is what you're kind of known for, and I mean, or is or do you not want to be known for that? No, no. It, um, you know, we're we're fine. We're I've been known for a lot of other worse things. No, yeah. it's um, yeah, people. Love our Grenache. Yeah. You know, it's been, because um, we change it every year. You know, it's we keep it based on what Mother Nature and stuff is kind of flowing. And we have a, a lovely time. Since we're not doing Pinot, you know, this is our sexy version of a wine. Right. Well, it, it doesn't just happen by itself. You don't just buy the fruit one night and the next thing it's in the bottles. You've got a lot of work in there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you are, it's not all idle time. And uh, so, I mean, how you make sometimes your wine. in well, winemaking, mm-hmm. uh, being idle um, is a benefit. You know, there is yeah. such thing as doing too much. Well, we've talked about that on the yeah. podcast yeah. before. Some, especially young winemakers or winemakers with not a lot of experience, feel like they always need to be doing something. When sometimes what you need to be doing is it's less getting the fuck out of the cellar and letting that wine do what it's supposed to be doing by itself. Exactly, <laughs> it's you know I, I treat wine like a, a cat in a bottle uh, a ball of yarn. You know, there's sometimes where you just kind of need to beat it around and kind of take it for an adventure. Other times you're just going to, you know, take a nap and, you know, lick your tail. The idea, it's, you know, Grenache has these different kind of textures and and playfulness. You know, once we decide, okay, we want to do Grenache, started drinking other people's Grenache. You know, we had the Chateau Neuf de Pop. We're like, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. We want some structure. Um, Hooked up with Cake Ranch. And we were lucky enough, we were getting two different clones. So we got Albion, which is, you know, it has a little bit more kind of um, structure on the outside. And we have Tablas, which is a little bit kind of lighter fruit in the middle. So we were able to kind of do a blend of them. And, you know, with most reds, when it's, you do the racking, you know, you're pumping that juice off the sediment. Here we let it sit. And it goes through like this eight-month period where it's like this temperamental little teenage bastard where you just don't know if you need to hug it and as you said, you know, just go madness with it or what we do, we just let it sit. And, you know, there's that little part in our gut that just kind of, it's a little freaky. You're like, all right, is this going to be all right? Is this going to come out of it? And, you know, it's like two months before we're ready to bottle, boom, it snaps out and it's just, you know, it's, it's gorgeous. Just a real fun little ride. Yeah. Kick Ranch is great vineyard too. It's, it's a special little spot. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, you know, that whole idea of, you know, just waiting and letting the wine, having some faith in, the winemaking is um, one you have, it takes some time to get to know a variety. It takes a long time to get to know a vineyard. You know, um, I remember an old timer used to say it, you know, it takes a whole generation to learn how to farm a piece of property. And then it takes another one or two generations to learn how to make wine off that piece of property. And, um, but it is true that sometimes you just have to wait. And, you know, at Kenwood, we had the Jacqueline and Merlot we used to bottle. Um, and it was one of those things like you'd bottle it and three months after we bottle it, you taste it and it wouldn't be that good. And six months after you bottled it, all of a sudden it would come around. And it got to be the point where it was like, that's what it was every year. Um, and it 
was just the signature of that wine, you know? And, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, mean, I don't know why I had to include that, but I wanted to. No, <laughs> but it's true because it's, you, you're trying to figure out when you're even bottling. Right. You know, and because you have to get everything together. And so you have to have like this advanced notice. So something might even taste like it's almost ready. You're like, well, does it need six more months in the barrel? Because, you know, we're not pushing with different kind of chemicals. We want to make sure everything is kind of uh, solid and straight during its time. And you're like, all right, well, we feel like 18 months is enough. And, you know, we're not releasing it. As you said, you know, we'll try it every few months to see what's going on. So, I mean, there's times where, you know, we feel like six months is plenty to start releasing it after it's been in the bottle. And other times we're like, you know what, it might need another couple months. Because yeah. it is. It's alive. It's constantly kind of moving around and doing its little dance. Because, you know, when you try from the barrel, it just kind of sits and chills. And everything's grooved together. You're like, all right, man, this is just right. solid. And then you put it in the bottle. You're like, eh, this is really good. But, you know, let's all drink from the barrel. Right. <laughs> well, and wine is kind of like baking, too. You know, there's people that are cooks and people that are bakers. Because wine is one of those things. Like you said, it's, it's all about the decision when to bottle. And then once you bottle, there's nothing you can do. Yep. You, I mean, I have heard actually a couple stories of people uncorking and are you serious really someone that really? you know that is okay. a very reputable winemaker but sometimes that happens where you've got to just pull stuff out and you say you know it's bottle starting, by starting, bottle they start, put it back starting to fizz or whatever it is you got too much rs is going out residual sugars yeah. kind of kind of kick in the yeah. yeah yeah but but Wrong so label. like like baking i mean once you put that recipe together and put it in the oven that's all you can do as a cook you know you're doing a sauce or something on the stove you, you know, you taste the sauce, you can add a little more salt. I mean, up until the moment you're ready to pour it on your plate. But in baking, man, you put that thing in the oven, you bake that loaf of bread, you're screwed. That's it. Yep. The recipe is not good. So, I, I mean, it's kind of a, well, what is that decision like? What do you, I guess it's different for every wine when you say, you know what, I think that's about as good as it, we think it's going to get. It's, you know, unfortunately, we still have to pay bills, you know, so you still want to kind of get that thing out. And having a business partner, um, where we can throw everything off each other. You know, we have a very yin and yang kind of relationship. So we, we, there's always discussion. And, you know, there's times where he feels like, oh, it's ready. I'm like, I don't think it's ready. And we'll really talk it through to see hmm. the reasonings why. So we'll kind of break it down as much as we can. You know, I think, you know, there's times where it's just like one person and they make the decision. That's great. But, you know, because we're, how we learned and how we drink, you know, where we're going with this, what's going to happen kind of later. It's the wine tells us basically. Yeah. It says, all right, mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. This is what's going to happen now. What do you guys do for your, like what percentage are you direct to consumer and, uh, and what percentage is in restaurants? I would say, let's see. And distribution now. So we're, and uh, where are you? Distrib, distrib, dis, dis, yes. Blah. Yes. Right. E even trying to, it at. Write that word. It feels like the U is in a different spot than you it should be. You did such a beautiful job on the back of the label. I know because I was reading. <laughs> it's distributed. <laughs> the problem is when I have to think. Okay. No, no. Think where is so are you overrated. In distribution? Uh, where are we? Let's see. We're being uh, distributed in Iowa, uh, not Idaho, not, uh, not Ohio, Iowa. Um, Wait, are you telling us places you're not distributed? No, Did we you are. Just do that. Look, Iowa actually is. Oh, we have listeners we have, in Iowa. Wait, oh. you just mentioned one place that you are distributed and two places that you're not, didn't you? Well, Did because I? people get. So I have. <laughs> we have a lot of friends, fans, what about and Georgia? stuff. Georgia, Georgia. We were, and then that was just that, that kind of faded out. Okay. <laughs> because here's the thing with Georgia: like the, we had a great distributor, and he just kind of um, he sold the business. And the problem with with that is with Georgia, you have to have a divorce and they have to sign something. Right. Okay, you have to go to another distributor. 
So, and even though we kind of created the markets, you're like, all right, well, we can't do that now. But, you know, there's always other, you know, cats and stuff that kind of want our sauce. And, and sometimes the, the distributor won't, because there's other states that this way, the distributor won't sign the divorce letter. And so you're like stuck with them and they just don't sell your wine because they're basically telling you to go screw How yourself. How stupid yeah. is that? Hey, yep. it's the power of lobbyist and um, distribution in the liquor business. I don't need and, anyone controlling my consumption of alcohol. <laughs> don't no, go you, through a distributor yeah. chip. So, uh, as a consumer, you're fine. But as us numbnuts, like on the other side, trying to hawk it because it's it's basically drug deals and everyone wants a point. Yeah. And the thing is with these points and stuff, we're like, well, they feel like they're not making enough points. So this is what they have to do. So they have us. You know, they're, it's... It's a tentacle of this octopus and stuff to kind of keep rolling around. And, you know, what we have now, it's like we're, we're cool with all of our distributors. Like the one in D.C., I crash at his house instead of like getting a hotel room because we're like friends. The one in Iowa is like they're rocking. That's and it's awesome. fun because it's – and we got them. It's like we have um, one club members that became really good friends and they're like, we want you in Iowa. I'm like, awesome. And like, Are they out of Des Moines? Out of Des Moines. Des, Des Moines. Oh, yeah. Des Moines does the, o- the oasis in the cornfield. It, it, which is hilarious, you know, because here we are surrounded by uh, Prohibition area. But, you know, there it's a solid town that's constantly growing. Every single time I go there, there's all these cranes and the place is just building and huh. building. The food wow. scene is delicious. And, you know, when you have professionals that still want to eat and drink, yeah, you know, we're, we're up there. And, yeah. it, you know, it might not be the most traveled place, but they like to have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, so we started with them a couple. Well, years that's ago. where I went to college. I'm from Iowa. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Des Moines is a hip place. It's very cool. No. Yeah. They turned me into a cyclone, and it's just like you know. <laughs> Sorry I get, about that. No. Oh, so you're to the other side. So <laughs> the idea. I mean, it's it's a, like you know, for a Cali boy, you know, we can just get to a game late and all that kind of stuff. And here they're like, all right, we're waking up at four in the morning to we'll go a football game, face paint, and after, <laughs> well, Pretty body much, paint, but it's yeah. body oh, paint. There's this thing called I had a buy called a jacket. I had no idea what a jacket was. I guess it's something to put on your body to keep you warm you know it's what do we have here 50 <laughs> whatever like there it's like 10 like holy god right and, sweatshirt oh yeah sweatshirts <laughs> i had to wear thermals you know it was like i was looking like the kid from a uh, christmas story yeah. you know just all kind of decked <laughs> out but it's at 4 30 in the morning like hand me a cocktail like all right we drive up we'd set up camp and it's like all right you're like camp is at five you're set up at 5 30 in the morning game doesn't start till 11 like what do we do and like we're gonna have a good time get like, stoned oh. drink wine we just you're just drinking and eating and everyone is just a big family it doesn't matter what team you're on and it just people are coming over you're doing all these different shots and i'm like wearing a 70s vagina on my head and it's just like this is kind of crazy <laughs> oh, oh what i'm sorry you know those big furry hats that kind of cover because it's this is midwest okay. cold so it's like a Yakov Smirnoff kind of look. Yes. Have you right. seen those? The big yeah, kind sure. of Russian oh, yeah. where you're just sure, drinking sure. vodka? Yeah. Yeah. I've, just, I've just never thought of them as <laughs> no. being described that way. Well, you know, back <laughs> in the 70s, I think I could see it's maybe... Brilliant. Uh, brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, you look at it on Amazon, that's what it says. Yeah, nowadays, if you were describing a vagina, it would be a bald head. No, it's coming back. Oh, <laughs> okay. It is. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going I'm I'm to trust you yeah. uh, from with, with that. what I've heard, yeah. the articles right. I read. Right. <laughs> Yahoo! So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so listen, um, so Iowa. this 2015 Grenache. Oh, yes. um, so Iowa, Washington, D.C., where else? Uh, D.C., uh, Germany. Okay. And um, no. yeah, <laughs> it's... We, we Absolutely. met a, what we about met a girl. With, okay. No, yes. no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. No, we uh, met a girl that was doing distribution there, and she really liked our sauce. And it was, you know, I was like, all right, well, what do we have to do? And you know what? Like, 
how cool would it be? You know, even though we're just doing like, you know, the micro winery version, we're just doing a couple thousand cases. Like, yeah, what's up? Just doing like a hundred cases out yeah. there. Yeah. And we like traveling. So you have to fill out all these forms and put on extra stickers and kind of get the things in there. And, you know, we're not adding, you know, crazy chemicals to our wine. So we're, you know, we're solid on that front. And, you know, she had a wine shop that's near the, the embassy. So all these guys from the embassy would kind of come over and they would, oh, California wine. This is great. So they would kind of give it as gifts to the German consulate. And, you know, just the image of Merkel drinking a bottle of Idol out of the bottle when she gets a phone call from Trumpy Pants. Yeah. So the, it just, yeah. just sounds like, yep. oh, this is just hilarious. So now we get to go there and have these kind of crazy Enjoying dinners. her Idol moment. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is it. And I can see her just kind of, somebody opens the bottle for her. There's no glass. It's just, it's going down. Right, yeah. It's extra <laughs> skirt up, you know? And is there, what about New York? you have any distribution in New York? No, we, we would like to, but, you know, there's the places that, you know, New York, Florida, Chicago, it's, it's huge competition. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. where the, I think the only time where it's kind of more of a competition. And, you know, when we're just kind of a, a smaller brand, and you, you know, when you have all these other places where people only know maybe five wineries, it's a little bit hard and you have to kind of play the game and we want to play the game though, right? Yeah. You know, all these other places. Yeah. I mean, Kansas city, I I have friends that, you know, they do very well in Kansas city, St. Louis. They don't try that hard in Chicago. They go up to Milwaukee and you know, some of these places where. Well, to try and get that rep to actually pull your wine around and be one of the ones they pull out of their bag when they do a tasting at some restaurant in New York, I guess is not exactly. I've seen some tastings in Chicago, even when somebody comes in and they've got 30 different bottles with two reps and I haven't heard of any of them. I mean, at all. And yeah, there's some really good wines in there, but Hmm. well, you have to have somebody special. So, you know, as you said, Bart, you know, you go around, you go to Milwaukee instead of downtown Chicago. Why not? The business is just as good and they appreciate it. You know? and, and it is because it's still people that are interested. It's when you go to the big markets, you kind of get lost in the system sometimes. So now that every time I go to Iowa and even DC now, it's like, I know these, a lot of the places that we've been to. So it's like hugs and like, okay, how's your family? What's going on? You know, it's like catch up. And then, you know, somehow we already filled the tape. I'm like, man, did you take notes? Did I pour this wine? You know, you start drinking about it and you, you know, you get lost in it because it's, <laughs> Well, it is family, thing, you know. It's it's this liquid family that you've kind of created, yeah. and I, I prefer it that way. I, like I, I, you know, I'm not biting my tongue. You know, I, I just I don't have that kind of ability. So I'm, I'm just going to be who I am when I do these. And I know at some of the bigger markets you have to kind of play a game. Or, right. So what, did you actually make wine for the 18 vintage? Were you around? Yeah. Yeah, I was here. Okay. Yeah. When did when? <laughs> so what did? What, I wasn't sure because I just oh, yeah. haven't seen you for a long time. Ben and I just ran into each other a couple weeks ago at the Fairmont. He was there doing the tasting. He was, uh, you were uh, pouring some Laurel Glen wines yeah. uh, at that time. What's up in those guys out? Yeah, totally. And um, I just hadn't seen you in a while. So I wasn't sure if you were out of country and decided to skip a vintage. Oh, no, no. Well, I've been part of every vintage. And 18, you know, it's, um, you know, when you're in harvest mode, you're just, Nobody sees you. Yeah. You know, true. you're either in the vineyard, you're driving around, you're at the winery, you're just like you're trying to keep notes of everything and trying to update it while also trying to figure out, oh, it's wine club coming up. So you have to kind of get that thing out. Distributors want you to visit. So you, you right. have that. So, you know, just like that three month period where like, you're a ghost. And what different, what varietals did you do for 18? 18. We did, we kind of kept it a little bit low um, this year. We did a Viognier. We did the Grenache. Um, where did you get in the Viognier from? Uh, Kick Ranch as well. Nice. Okay. And so we've been, we'll, you know, when we first did uh, Grenache in 2009 with 
uh, Kick Ranch, um, the owner at the time, um, Dick Keenan, he loved us because we were just not who you expect to be winemakers. You know, I don't know in a vest. And so he was like, you know what? I, I grow some great beignet. You guys want to try it? We're like, yeah, sure. I haven't made that. So did the same thing. We loved it. So every other year we'll start, we make beignet. Nice. So did you ever taste? I don't own a vest either. Yeah. I mean, all those videos and stuff of like, you know, the French guy wearing a vest and his boots are clean and his fingernails are clean. And you're, you're but do you have the ascot or anything like do you that? Have a, do, yeah. you have a, uh, do you have a, a jacket with uh, patches on the elbow? Oh, damn. You need oh, one. Right. Oh, Being jacket. a Waldorf teacher, stuff possibly, like that. right? No, it's um, actually, I have to, when I'm checking vineyards in the day, it's like shirt is off. This is like the only time I'm going to get some sun. So uh, hopefully they don't have any of those videos that we have for idle doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> You're one of the few people I know that actually has an active large format program. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I love those. I, I, I buy as many of Bart's old cabs as I can. I mean, I've, I've still got a couple of those around, and it's wonderful. It's so much fun. It's, um, you know, Ari, was he was the one. He's like, we got to do this. I'm like, all right, let, let's do it. And, you know, we don't do it for the Grenache, but we'll do it for all of our Bordeaux's and you can no, we don't have 2012 Syrah that I need. Yeah. That's right. We have we do it for our Sangiovese, and it's just it, we like the idea of like of what's going to happen like in 20 years. There's more of a chance these things are going to just get better and better, you know, compared to the 750s. And you know, we have a few, um, you know, three liters. You know, I've made some special orders for um, some you know wine friends, and you know, we did a, a nine liter, which is you know, there's like um it was like their 25th wedding anniversary and it's just and it's so cool it's like oh my god this is a baby first one i've ever done and it's like a case of wine in a bottle like, yeah. oh, this is so badass and you know it's like petting it and you got to take care of it and like okay okay you're comfortable oh, i love that well i've done one of sam severson ranch cabs this year one of yours cabs mm-hmm. the 2012 and then the uh 07 um Heloise from you know, Shannon Bonk. John, uh, you just gave me a great Shannon idea, and I don't know if Shannon anyone would, would want to take this on. And as part of Wine Club, you know how you have Wine Club has different little segments. You can do whites only, reds only, mags. You can do, um, um, but maybe a Magnum Club. We, we've thought about it. It's there's a hard part to sell it. The people that love it, love it. And the yeah, other that's are, what I would think. Even if it's yeah. only 1% of your business, you've got those people that, exactly. that want those Magnums every year. It would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because in my experience working at larger wineries that do a bunch of um, magnums, um, you know, a lot of them are for donations. Um, There are people that always want to buy them, Um, but it does always seem like you always bottle too many magnums. Um, At a winery I worked at recently, they had to, they had big ideas on magnums and they had to, they ended up just at Christmas, just sending their wine club. Everybody got a magnum or a three liter. And it was Jeez, just one of their nice. shipments. See, but that's also a great Well, no, thing. they didn't that's give it to them. They okay. charged them. Oh, that's okay. It, right? But you wonder, like, you know, I mean, this isn't people that said, yeah, I'm interested in a Magnum. This is it's you're just getting this or you're getting a three liter. And how many three liters do you, do you drink more than one three liter a year? Do you drink a three liter every four years? You know, well, no, there's there's where do you store? I mean, I, I always kind of wondered when do you get some pushback? Where people go, wait a minute! I, I've been a member for three years. I've got three three liters. I don't have any room for them as it is. You well, know, drink it. I know. Have a good time. I, That's I understand the point that. Of these. We're, we're, well, you have to yell at them. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go. Excuse me. You sit yeah. down. You sit down. It's time for me to take over. I'm your winemaker. 
Now, this is what you're going to do. So in June, it's going to be a very beautiful day. You're going to invite a bunch of people over. You're going to set up a little barbecue. Maybe have the pizza oven going on. You're going to whip out that three liter. You're going to have it, and you're going to have a great time. Put away all the phones. There's not going to be any uh, cameras. And just have a good time. And yeah. people forget. They, they, you know, after all of our fires, and you hear all these cellars and stuff that exploded. And as keep, people keep waiting for that special moment to open this. Like, I don't want to open this one yet. It doesn't feel right. This is, you know, it's a good day, but it's not a great day. And we keep waiting for these special damn moments. You know, it's like, hey, I woke up. Most of my body works all right. Um, I, it's special. Yeah, it's special. Like, you know what? Let's open this Drink it, right now, man. It. Let's have a good time. That's let's, awesome, let's Ben. And I, I, I have no wine collected because we just drink everything. Um, and and that's the way you, we as producers hope. But I'm just, you know. East of the Sierras, you know, not everybody thinks the way we do. That's why they have our <laughs> emails and our blogs and our Facebook and our Instagram and our Friendster and MySpace podcast. and our phone number and podcast. And there, there's ways to get hold of us. Like, okay, I'm gonna hold your hand. I'm gonna help you out with this. And that's fine. I, like I, I this love attitude. That. It's though, awesome. Man. I, I mean, it. honestly, it's like a it. good attitude. I mean, it's you have something to teach people, and you, if you have to teach them, it's not how to drink wine. It's just do it more often. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh my God! Because that's the point. You're, like, you're, you're supposed this? to be drinking for good days and shitty days. You know what? Oh man, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you cash for the, for the big 2012 Syrah today. So I mean, I you know it's um, like the Bunchies. One of their very early posters was two bottles a day. That's all we ask. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> when was that? Uh, I mean, it, it was what, sometime in the in the late '80s. They had uh, they had an entire people out in front of City Hall, and everybody had two bottles, and it was two bottles a day. That's all we asked, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah, or more if you can do it. Yeah, yeah I moved adult. on. Uh, Ooh. I have moved on to the Syrah, and this day is really good. Oh, it's beautiful. Nice. Oh, my God. 2013. Nice. Also, Kick Ranch, right? Yeah, Kick Ranch. Yeah. And this is where we had fun with the barrels. We used um, a little Hungarian oak and French oak. So we liked the idea of when we were tasting the fruit, it kind of dipped a little bit in the mid palate. And having some of that Hungarian, which adds that creamy spice in the midsection, we're like, all right, well, let's add a little bit of that. Hmm. How interesting. How did you get in touch with somebody who explained what Hungarian oak does um, and and how it's different? R- Robert at uh, Deerfield. I mean, he definitely became a mentor with that. You know, I had access to... Is he to, using Hungarian there too? He was using it on, I forgot what it was, I think a little bit of, I think some of the Bordeaux and I think a little bit of Syrah, but I would, you know what? There's quite a bit of Hungarian oak sold in and has been for many years in the United States. And there's um, two or three producers. Um, and, you know, it's it's at the same longitude or latitude as, you know, the French oak forest. And um, if anything, um, the trees are probably tighter grained. A lot. Um, Evidently, that's something biological about those trees. Well, it's not. It, yeah, it's where they grow. It's just, yeah. I mean, all trees are, you know, a subject of where they grow, just like grapevines mm-hmm. are and stuff. But, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of um, Hungarian oak, and it's not quite the deal that it used to be, but it's still yeah. significantly cheaper than French oak. and Affordable. Yeah. Affordable. Before, and, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and, 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 you know, there are times where you could... People are fooled, you know. Yeah. People are fooled. But yeah. even, I, even you say that, but I find that m- more recently, what I hear is not that some people are doing it to save money, but it's actually a different spice that oh, they're absolutely. using on the wine. Yeah, like it's not. Ah, oh, we can't afford to get the barrels we really want. But hey, you know what? I think this would be cool with some Hungarian oak contact. No, that's because marketing departments would kill you if that's what you said. Right. <laughs> There's right. a difference between what you're doing on the outside to what you're right. saying on the inside. But but you know, I mean, but it is. It's it's a very good quality oak, and um, 
uh, and if it's a little bit, you know, if you can buy an extra barrel with every five or six that you buy, then maybe it's worthwhile. Do you know Peter Moldar from Poseidon and Obsidian? Yeah, because yeah, they only use that. And that's, he's yeah. he's the guy who has the... Yeah, he, that's where I make my wine is down at their place. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Now, he's got a whole presentation on Hungarian oak. Well, that's their whole that's that's thing. Right. They're, they're and hung they're, in their areas. How, how, um, how there is no angels, Cher, you know, just doesn't evaporate. Yeah, and that's not. And it's a and it's a tighter, yeah, it's a tighter yeah. weave, tighter biological <laughs> biological structure of the tree, etc. It only grows in this particular forest near Tokai, and you know they stack these things, they dry them in the forest. They, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big good, business. Man. They are as good a marketers as the French are. We'll yep. just say that, and not so much the Americans, but the, as far as barrel producers, they've they've done a very good job. Well, I don't think you want the oak in my front yard. I'm not sure what no. it would do, you know, but there's, if anything. But I mean, there's Romanian that I'm starting to see float around. There's Russian. Well, that's and Hungarian like, right yeah. there. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's part of me that's like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's see what's going on. You know, how are these guys kind of doing it? What's, how much is it going to change? Because there are, I mean, there's a bunch of French producers. and There was some when, organ oak going around at one point. Um, it was a little too overwhelming, though. But yeah, yeah there was a producer who was making organ like put it put it in oh, organ God, yeah. pine. Well, what, what did we used to do here in California? Didn't we use redwood? Cypress, they tried a couple times. Well, I mean, some people have actually gone back to that to kind of see like, oh, let's make some wine the way they used to make wine. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Oh, yeah. But I mean, well, might be cool. I don't yeah, know. That's just Pinot. <laughs> yeah, but then no. they're just doing, uh, I mean, come on. It's doing the cement, cement and the different tanks and having the different wood chips. It's, you know, when, I, when I'm talking to um, people that are tasting it, the idea was, okay, this is like food because they don't actually get to see what the wizard is doing behind the curtain to try and explain to them. Like, okay, if you have potatoes, there's a difference between grilling and frying and baking. You still have the potatoes, but the essence comes out in different ways. And there's sometimes you want like a different spice to come over and kind of give you a different kind of feel and playfulness as it goes on. So, I mean, there's times when you're doing like this Hungarian and French kind of combination and, you know, having the separate barrels, not like one of those weird mixed, peanut butter and jelly goober things but having that kind of separate mix where you have the nice kind of spice kind of flying through goober grape shot out by the way goober <laughs> grape <laughs> oh that's disgusting like when it was separate it's great like oh yeah peanut butter and jelly in one jar could this be good like no that's not no it's not oh, and it's, it's gotta be on wonder bread yeah oh, which is the worst bread you spread and that just rips that crap through it and like so man ben, have some good bread out of who who gets the who's the ultimate decision maker when it comes to making the wine or when to bottle and all that stuff do you guys just Pretty much 50-50, you and your partner decide everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's times where, like, okay. I mean, we're not going to get into, like, a fist fight. I mean, it's just, like, whoever has the better argument and or, or discussion and right. the other one kind of fades out. And we'll do it. I mean, it's not like, well, I can't believe he wants to bottle it now. How right. dare he? I am not going to talk to him for a month. No, it's just like, all right. In reality, it, it's not going to change that much as the future goes on. We'll, we'll have a discussion. We'll figure this out. You know, we've never walked away from doing blends because we're also drinking. We're having a great time. And we're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And it will turn out great. You know, I mean, we, you know, having access to, you know, doing four to, you know, six different kind of varietals a year and doing this for a couple of years. So you can play with all these different kind of crazy blends. So we're having, you know, we have like 20 glasses of different percentages coming out. And we're, you know, we're laughing and we kind of get serious and we're writing notes and we'll talk about it. We're like, hmm. Okay, well, maybe let's let let's think about this one a little bit then. If we, if we're at this point where we're kind of feel like we're butting heads, but not butting heads, right? And well, okay, we'll come back to it like in a couple of weeks or in a week and a half, and we'll see what's going on. We'll try it again. We're like, oh, you know what? You're right. 
you know, ego is definitely put away. You know, this is, there's a part where we're making the wine for us. You can't make it for other people. So as we do it, as we're creating this, we, we have the kind of true discussion. I mean, we've been able to sell everything. So it's not like, um, you know, it's like, oh, you were wrong. You suck. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. You're not drinking enough, dude. You know, so it doesn't hit these points. You know, we're, we're it's, it's proper. You know, we'll, we'll have a good time. So you guys happy with what you're doing right now? You happy with the case production? Happy with, you know, lifestyle? Um, oh no, I need I need one of these houses, man. Right? Um, I know it is <laughs> the ranch. Is, this is not yeah. the this is not the wine business. <laughs> no, no, uh, 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 no, no, no. I understand the wine business after I got into it. I'm like, oh, what did I do? Yeah. Um, you know, there's you always have to have your dreams. You 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 need something to kind of look forward to and to kind of move forward. And to kind of get going, and I'm never going to be content. It's just it's not who I am. And he has that desire too. Like, all right, we keep pushing ourselves. That's why we're constantly trying different varietals. You know, fluctuating between how much we're making and growing. You know, we've never had a tasting room, so the idea it's you know this has been word of mouth and or word of liver, and you know how it's spread and how things and stuff are kind of been going on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll we're flowing with it. Yeah, you know, we both have ideas. We throw it off of each other. We'll see what happens. And what does he do other than, uh, you know, be a partner for you in the winery? Um, he does some like entrepreneur kind of things. So he kind of invests in um, uh, different kind of businesses. You know, he's helped with uh, creating the Burning Man out in um, Africa, in South Africa. There's a Burning There's a Man in South in... Africa. Okay. Oh yeah, so it's been like that out there for a few years. He's helped really? kind of create um, some different kind of exhibits in um, the Burning Man out here. Which is, you know, there's this weird part because Burning Man is right during harvest. Right. So we have this discussion as harvest is getting closer. He's like, could I go? I'm like, I've never gone. He's like, eh, eh. you know, we have that little kind of word. It's like, eh, it looks like we're going to be okay. We check the vineyards out. Like, okay, go have fun. Yeah, I, I know there's going to be like two or three days where he has to go. Yeah. Okay. And then everything's great. And yeah, so he does a lot of kind of art and music uh, kind of little combinations going on. Interesting. Can can you talk a little bit? I've never actually been to the Kick Ranch. I would say it's has become a, um, uh, without a doubt, a, a very well known vineyard in Sonoma County. I believe it's really it's in eastern Santa Rosa. Between, yeah. uh, could you talk a little bit about where it kind of is as far as like climate and uh, the topography a little bit and um, it's and, and yeah. It's a fun little spot. So it's, you know, it's on the, the western slope of the Mayakamas. And so you have almost that kind of little rock, you know, hilly wall and right. stuff that comes. Um, you're getting the fog from Bodega, and then you're getting the crosswinds from, um, from Petaluma. So it's, and it has, you know, I would say maybe like 100 feet elevation. So like the Viognier is probably like the highest point. The Grenache is at the kind of lowest. So the Grenache kind of sits in this more of a foggy little region and, and it's a great spot you know um you know they're doing Sauvignon Blanc which we've done from them we have a Petit Syrah that we've done I mean we keep you know it was great because we're always like oh I want to try that let's do it there um you know they're doing Cab um I think they do a Sensol what else do they yeah, do yeah I mean there? there's a bunch of varieties and a whole bunch of people make wine from it there is no Kick Ranch brand right they're well they just sold to uh Mark Hansen and he <clears throat> is I don't know what he's going to do. Okay. Because it, 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 it was just like last, it was like right after the fire. Or I think they had it set right before the fires in 17. 
and it, you know went through and you, know, you have to deal with all that so kind of crap. so it would and and for those folks that don't know the area this won't help but it'll answer my question is it would it be considered kind of in the Rincon Valley part of Santa Rosa oh yeah it's the Fountain Grove it's now the new it it's part, part of the, of the new Fountain, Fountain Grove, Grove Appalachian yeah but we're doing what do we call it we call it uh, Sonoma Coast or Sonoma Coast because right. the idea is like, like Fountain Grove just sounds like a retirement community so I really don't well, want to, to put us that, it does yeah Fountain Grove like oh but and we started yeah. doing research on it so the idea of Fountain Grove the reason why it got it, it got its name in the late 1800s there was a sex cult and they called themselves Fountain Grove so that means is come this on, the picture. nudist colony they've been no talking? oh well, that's that's different but think okay. of like eight, late 1800s so you got all these kind of gold miners and um, whatever is going on in the late 1800s you know I was born in 1902 so it's like a little bit different I just kind of missed that phase well and I would think very few women. I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of everything, hair and stenches. You know, I mean, it's not. You're not having plumbing and stuff. You're, but like, what kind of sex cult is going on in like out right, there? Right. Right. And now they named the 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 ABA after that. So there's part of us that totally wants to put that on the bottle and give a description. I was gonna say you're I mean, fighting this, right? And not but a, at the same time you're like, oh man, it just has no following. Like, they okay. named the ABA, but more importantly, they named an entire like. High-end housing development, it. which is fine. They can have their sex cults inside. You know, that's like all right. But I'm trying to think of something what it looked like in the late 1800s. That whole like uh, little house on the prairie, and right. then you know, when Michael Landers goes away, like I'm going to work. He's not going to work. Right. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Well, I think if you had the description, if you put the Fountain Grove uh, AV on the front, and then if you had a description on the back of where the the term came from, yeah. I think people would actually enjoy that. Oh, yeah. if my drawing was better. I can actually do. Like, let's do some sketching stuff, especially since you know the government's closed. You can't be guy with his mining hat on. Yeah, that's right, and that's it. <laughs> Hanging his hat, so to yeah. speak. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. What do you buy from Speedy Creek? Um, I do. Um, wow, I have to switch gears in the brain. Big um, That would be San Giovese. Cool. Mm. So that's um, it's actually a beautiful spot because it's like it's on the Knights Valley part and then the Sonomaville as well. So it's you know it's a little bit higher up and. It's done like in a um, auditorium, so it's kind of rounded like all around. And the fog sits; it's beautiful because the fog sits in there until like about ten thirty, eleven, like every day, and then it kind of burns out. And then the rest of the day, you get some great sun. So it has this very kind of similar climate as what you're kind of getting like in the Tuscan region. And you know, of course, we're you know seven hundred years behind, but it's just you, know, you still have like this kind of great earth and kind of fruit and kind of balance and stuff going on. I was going to grab a sanji, and then I just kind of. It's it's amazing what soils are within, you know, twenty forty miles of these mountain ranges, and and how it got oh, there. It's, be, it's beautiful stuff. It well, really it's a, is. Even Kick Ranch, you know, I mean, you start oh, they grow something. a lot there. Well, yeah. even though you could see the volcanic ashes going on one side, and then all of a sudden you just see like uh, the sandy loam on another. You're like, I mean, it's just like this is one property, and how this it's own microclimate. Yeah, it's I mean, got we, everything. We there. even saw yeah. that in in Lodi yesterday. Um, uh, the soils change. Um, on one side of the river to the other, you know, and, 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 and again, you know, and there were, we won't call them hills. Uh, what did Tegan call them? Um, uh, bluffs. Bluffs. Yeah. yeah. And, and they weren't hills. They were undulations. Undulations. That's right. what it was. But it was amazing to see the soil change there. So yeah, the fact is, is tr- soil changes with the exception of Carneros. 
I can see his mind working with undulating. Yeah, it's, I'm just drinking water like a good old civilized human. Let me refill that water glass for you. And we just poured the Merlot, and I'm excited about this because it's from so this 2013 Merlot from Idle Cellars is from the Lochamazal Vineyard, which is owned by uh, Peter Haywood, correct? And oh, yeah, and, um, and uh, Bart sources you his call him Pete, Petey. As long as you pay your bills, I imagine. And as long as he gets a call, well, call the day of your pick. Is that how it goes? No, I mean, um, <laughs> I call it. Well, he, he's great because it's, you know, being in the in the I don't think he listens to this show, so let's talk about <laughs> Peter. Oh, I, I love. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, there's time, you know, I'll, when I'm on the phone, it's Mr. Haywood. And then there's times where we're drinking. It's Petey. I mean, we have, he, he's such a, a great dude because it's, it's all handshake. You know, I've done with Kick Ranch and stuff with the previous owner. It was, you know, forms and you have to sign this and you have to flip this. We're like, okay, well, you're going to be picking on this Briggs and you're going to do this. And like, man, this dude really was a lawyer. And Pete is just like, all right, what do you guys want? How much? All right, handshake, solid. We're like, that's totally up our skis. Yeah. So we love that. And it's and it's so much fun to kind of walk the vineyard with him because it's he's a dude that knows every vine better than his kids. Absolutely. And yeah. he's like, see that tree? That's like, you know, half a mile away, but it creates this little shadow right on this little section. So because <laughs> oh of where we're here, God. it's going to be a little bit softer fruit in the back. You're like, all right, Petey, you know, you're yeah. rocking on. And he's like, okay, here's the pond. But you got to like that, man. Oh, I love it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we want that kind of, it's really, it's about relationships. You know, if, if, if it's all business, it's really tough because we're, we're sharing it. You know, we're putting their name, the vineyard on the bottle right. and they got to trust us for what we're kind of producing. So we want to make sure this thing is solid. And if, you know, if there isn't like, you know, hugs and handshakes and then a good time and laughter, you're like, okay, this is just not right. This is not who we are. Peter, Petey, Petey always says to me, he goes, you know, you've done really well with our wines. And so I want you to keep getting uh -oh. them. Uh -oh. But he also, uh -oh. he, he also, <laughs> he also wants you to pay a little bit more. I was going to say, you're doing so well the butter, it, the right? butter is getting slathered. Yeah, exactly. man. It's like, oh, you know? you're doing really well. I, doing I saw well. that you were uh, yeah. uh, by the glass oh, at uh, Glen Star. Right. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You want that section of the vineyard? Yeah, yeah you can have that. But, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, and everything, but but you know why he's got to do that because everything's verbal. So he can't, you know, put down on paper. Oh, maybe we'll put a ten percent clause. It's up to him. He's got to lay that kind of foundation down every year and well, see yeah, what happens. Yeah, and you know, and the thing about with Peter is that it's a big vineyard, Brian. Yeah. You've walked yeah. the Zinfandel and look yeah. how much Zinfandel there is. And oh, and there's so many different kind of like clones, clones of and so, oh, field God, that morning sun is solid. Yeah. Oh. And 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 the thing about it is, is that. You know, he's he needs a couple large or one large person to buy the majority of it. And then there's Winery, not human being. Yeah. And then and then there's the rest of us that want to pick and choose like what we want. And so there's definitely a pain in the ass factor um, with us, but you know, those other people are also saying to him, Hey, we're buying a bunch, so we want a deal yeah. on it, you know. So it, it's it's a definitely a um it's a relationship and yeah. and you have to forge that relationship sure. and you work with him and you work and you're like and okay he's great to work with. well except when he wants to pick you're like no pete the sugars are way not there like, you could tell because he's done <laughs> he's like oh, no no we're gonna leave it along i'm bit. taking off the oh, tahoe next on. week yeah he's just like dude just go get naked in your pond and we'll be all right we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out and it's it's great we we did um cab franc a straight cab franc um from him in 2014 because we were always tasting a little bit we would get like a little bit of time we're like all right we're just gonna do um you know, its own varietal. And he was like really excited about that. He's like, it, it does, people don't do that. You usually just do it in the Bordeaux blend. And, you know, we did it. Normally we do like our Bordeaux where it's, you know, like this Merlot, we do two years in the oak 
and the Cap Franc was you know, three years. Wow. And we got him a bottle. He's like, he just smiles, and you know, he's got this big, good stash. You know, the stash probably has more stories um, <laughs> of just his life, and it's and it's great. And he was just, he just gave us a good nod and a good smile. We're like, all right, thanks, Petey. And the uh, um, Merlot, Bart, we didn't even get close to this. Uh, I don't think we saw these grapes the last time I was out there. But you know what's interesting? When we, the last time that Bart took me out to Le Chamazal and we left, they were paving that whole road going out towards the vineyard. Yeah, about time. And it was, you know, it was funny. It was, it was during harvest. Well, it was right before picks. So we thought this is the stupidest thing ever. They're going to they're gonna have cement trucks out here while people are trying to pick grapes. Yeah, they got that done yeah. pretty quickly. And he... Um, as he is a master of, um, a master of timing, he, it worked out for him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they went through that pretty quickly. It is nice. I've been riding my bike up there and it's a nice smooth road now. Nice. Oh yeah. Cause even when you're driving, you're like, man, this is just as bad as the vineyard. You're right. just like, yeah. you're just going slow and it's right. just. Yeah. Thank God Bart had his truck. Cause you are bouncing up and down a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, heading out it's... there. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, you're up there and a lot of that you're just driving on solid rock i mean you know brian remember we were walking along and there's sections where it is just rock it's there's oh, yeah. no soil yeah you have to wear a sports bra on that <laughs> mm. <Okay>. oh <laughs> little eucalyptus or menthol kind of flavors going on in this uh, merlot it, it's fun we did um what do we do about 30 percent brand new french oak on it and it's uh, it keeps changing and playing. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, especially after Sideways kind of uh, poo-pooed all over the Merlot industry for you know, not their fault, but their fault. That's and, over. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we're like, okay, we're going to bring the, the Merlot back. And it's and it's fun because people are so used to the stuff that used to steal from their parents' cabinet that was, you know, like $5 on the buck and it had all this kind of dust. Red blood. Like, you got it. And so now we're having a lot more fun with it and kind of bringing it back more. It's more palatable more you know has more expression to it and by doing you know when we're doing like these wine dinners and stuff out in lands where we kind of distribute you know people are digging it you know so because it, it, as chefs you know they're going bananas they're like oh my god they can do something for a dessert you can do something for a starter because the tannins aren't that huge yeah. you can do all these different kind of, uh, different kind of carcasses so it's just uh, definitely fun and playful Carcasses and fun and playful, all in one sentence. That's yeah, perfect. Of course. That's, yeah. Why not? You know, it's a horror movie in my mouth. What do you guys got coming up here locally? You got any winemaker dinners that we can go to? Or you got any? Uh, what, how about this? If people want to try these wines, what is the best way for them to go about that? Um, let's see. So I would say go to our website, the Triple W Idle Cellars. So I D L E C E L L A R S and the dot com, nope. not the net, not the nope. org. Yeah. Um, what else? Is it? Everything We're works now. You don't need the WW. It's idle sellers. Boom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Put you there. Yeah. You so know? the whole tech that we, we have, a um, good thing. Sam wasn't here. Tech. He would have eaten you up about that. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. One time I said the World Wide web and he just was like, what? No one even says www anymore. HTTP colon. That's why we have to. We we have a cool uh, tech lady, and she, you know, she's awesome. And I mean, I'm tech tarted. I mean, there's no. I I can do Facebook, and there's I can't. Ari's tried to show me Instagram. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, you mean this picture goes here, and then you can. What are these? Oh, you're already on Twitter. Yeah, he and does Facebook. That. No, right now from this show because I took your photo and posted it on both. Oh, great! While I was sitting here, I'm so. glad I showered yesterday. Yes, um, the, it's, the photo is quite so good. We, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you can't do it every day. We have water problems. It's I, I can't do the tech stuff. So it's like people try to explain it to me. I'm like, eh, 
Like I'll, I'll get dirty and stuff with the grapes, but it's it, it's fun. And what is the deal with you? So getting a hold of your wines, do people have to join a club? Do they have to be on a mailing list, or is it uh, there's some things you're sold out of, some things you have? Yeah, is there just a shopping cart? Yeah, we have the nice little shopping cart. It's adorbs um, or adorable for the people that don't like the abbreviation. See, I got that part for the whole millennial thing. Um, the and we'll we keep library wines. You know, when we get down to like 15 cases, we hold it back. Um, and then we just kind of re-release it again. But we have, you know, we have different current ones. So Wine Club always has access to wines that are not going to be released to the general public. Nice. You know, for one, like the Kepfranc and stuff, we just released, um, um, I think, New Petite Syrah. So they got some before anyone else kind of has any. Are you still doing the Kepfranc? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That And now that... we have the Magnums. Actually, Ari was like, oh, man, we got to do a bunch of Magnums. I'm like, yeah. All right, sold. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And it, it's fun. It's a good, playful wine. So you yeah. have an awful lot of levels in your wine club. You have Idle Hands, Idle Hands, Red Only. Idle Times, Idle Times, Red Only. Idle Wild. There you go. How cool is that? And so, I mean, you're covering everybody here. Yeah, I mean, you know. And, not... the, and the large formats on there. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you go to the market, you want to grab beans. You can't just grab beans. There's so many different kinds of beans. So we're like, all right, well, everyone has, like, their little snowflakes going on in their mouth. We're like, all right, well, we're going to try to set up as much as we can we try to shrink it and people are, you know wave their finger at us um you know it's it, it gives everyone an opportunity there's the ones that are starters you know ones that are you know people that like to have the wine and have the cellar and kind of keep it going the everyday drinkers so it's you go through the whole spectrum of what wine is what so, are you drinking at home um what was i drinking the other day well bourbon um yeah. i was had some nice angels envy the other day nice. and um actually i was still uh, a little bit of the portugal wine and stuff that i had and you were talking about specifically whites from Portugal you think are really cool? I love that crispness. I love. I feel like it's just like the idea of angels just kind of flying off the tongue. And like just Vino Verde? Out. Yeah. Yeah, I love those Vino Verdes. Oh, God, something about that acidity and the minerals and just kind of all that fruit, and it just doesn't kind of linger on the tongue. And, and it's, you know, it's I love ice cream during winter, and something about just kind of like a, um, a crisp white wine during this time, it just it refreshes me. Like I'm not a yeah. – I, I don't put the heat on too much in the house – I love just a white wine where you say, all right, this is awake. This is, it's not, not like a cold shower. I guess it's a cold shower for the mouth. Right. Like, all right, well, let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah we can. That's why I have a lot of fun with that. Tell now, us, uh, before we went on air, you were talking about uh, every place that you went this year. Can you go over the list again in order of in places order. that you visited? All right. So, la- so the last year during the, the break, I went from Japan, Israel, Jordan, London, Nice, Bologna, uh, Sweden, back to London, uh, Dublin, Porto, Lisboa. Wow. Right? Fun so, time was had by all. So, yeah, I think it was six weeks. I mean, the idea, you know, once you get to Europe, you have all these kind of cheap airlines and you kind of bounce around. Trains. You have a lot of little friends. Yeah, easy. Trains. Yeah. And it's, you know, trains, trains, automobiles. Um, and it's, you know, I was in Israel. It's like, oh, man, I got to go get to Jordan. So I got to do the whole Indiana Jones, uh, Lawrence of Arabia thing and, you know, you we went through Petra, which is just one of the most beautiful, insane places. You know, talk about that. We were talking about um, that soft stone yeah. earlier. I mean, this is whole cities based on this, where they start digging from the top and they're going hundreds of feet down to just wow. kind of beat uh, to create cathedrals. Right. And then we went up uh, deep in the desert, like in this orange desert where there's nothing around you actually get to see wild camels you know there's like a kfc but the c stands for <laughs> you know the c stands for camels not chicken um but it's just like you go out and it's this beautiful orange desert and the, you know the skies it's like this kind of vibrant blue and you're like man we're in the middle of nowhere and you, just, you take it all in and it's just 
I can't believe Earth like looks like this. This is this is unbelievable. Um, yeah. Well, to steal somebody else's um, name tag, uh, you're a wine making nomad. Isn't that Danny Faye's? That's da- yeah. That's Danny's. Um, Winemaking okay. nomad. Yeah, yeah. Danny, well, hopefully you're not listening. Right well, that's now. okay. Uh, it's, it's, at least I knew it. You know, I mean, Danny, Danny's had it, but you're doing the same thing, man. It's really actually cool. Thanks. It's you actually really a nomad awesome. that makes wine on part makes wine part time. Yeah, it's <laughs> as long as he's not yes mad. I mean, it, it's fun because I get to meet other people from around the world. And the year before, I spent almost, um, was it five weeks in Colombia, and I did this um, four day. Four day, five day hike into like this uh, lost city, and it was. I met these Swedes, and I went to go visit, and I met some other people, and you know, they're like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "Okay, make wine," and they're all, "What the hell is this?" You know, and you get to tell them about this, this lifestyle, this, this kind of creation, this job that a lot of people just don't know about, it. and they were just like, "Oh, this is great!" Like, well, get us some wine. So you figure out different kind of ways where you can kind of get some sauce to people, and and it's fun because so it spreads it out, and it's. You know, when when you're traveling, you're you're in the moment. You're, it's it's this kind of survival instinct. You know, you get to oh, that's a bad alley, that's a good alley. Like, right. Oh, I'm hungry for this. This is what I want to do. Right. And you just get to meet everybody. So where are you going this year? I'm taking a little break at the moment because I I also spent um, ten days in Costa Rica and then I went back to Europe for um, a friend's wedding. So I was in Tuscany. Oh, this is badass. So I went to a, a wedding in Tuscany. Um, you know, had a good time, and in the morning had to fly out to uh, Berlin. Expensive taxi ride to change clothes, and then went right into a wine dinner in Berlin. Nice. So there was this part of this kind of rock star attitude, but at a street musician kind of lifestyle. Right. So you're just kind of like, all right, this is, and you know, the um, the chefs over there were just incredible. The, these eclectic kind of meals that were going with, even with the Grenache Blanc. I'm like, really you're doing that? And you try it. Different kind of shells and chocolates and just weird textures. I'm like, this is just incredible. Do you speak uh, any German? Um, I speak a little German, um, a little Dutch, um, you know, Spanish, a little Hebrew, um, a little Thai, a little, um, very few words in uh, Japanese. And my, um, actually, let's see, Irish is pretty good. Yeah. So when, you know, I, <laughs> you when I get a bunch of pints into my system and stuff, I can pull it off. Right. And go, ah, yeah. ah, like the best. Wow. Well, hey, Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, I really found the, so much fun. I also found the inappropriate um, back label, if you want to hear that. Oh, please. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Please, please. I think this is a perfect way to end the show. All right. So, you know, there's the ones that you can put on the back of the label, and then there's the ones you can't. So this was, I mean, these are all from fans. This is not that I created. Um, all right, so here we go. The, the scat porn was queued up on the Betamax. The drifter tied up in the corner wept silently long past the point of pleading and bargaining. Okay. <laughs> the happy wiener man would be pleased with my offering. The sweet musical stylings of Kenny G wafted from the speakers as a bee languidly paddled in my half-finished glass of Viognier. Like lightning in a bottle, I'd never be able to capture this moment again. It was now or never. I must surrender myself to this idle moment. So, I mean, so people drink wine at different locations and <laughs> yep. situations. Doing like, different wow, things. Okay, that's awesome. Great. You know, the drifter in the corner had stopped. So I wonder, that was beautiful. I'm going to have to right. listen to the show again. That was absolutely perfect. You know, can I offer <laughs> a challenge out there to our listeners? If anyone wants to come up with their idle moments and go ahead and email them please, or Instagram please. 
Um, or uh, you can go ahead and tweet them, and we will post them on our Instagram or our Facebook page. Oh That'd yeah, please great. do, please. It's yes, just, it's the story. I mean, we're, we all drink or taste wine, and the idea is to say, like, what's the story behind it? You know, you, one of my favorite bottles of wine I ever had was like in the, um, I think it was a three in the morning underneath the Eiffel Tower. We didn't have, um, you know, a corkscrew. We used like a pen to push the cork down. We're just kind of passing it, and a couple, a French couple, sat with us, and I didn't speak any French, and we we're just laughing and passing the bottle back and forth. I mean, that was one of the best times. I can picture what they were wearing, um, the night, the, the, I can taste the sky still, and it's just like, that's it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Ben, how can people get a hold of your wines? Um, idlesellers.com, I-D-L-E-C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Yeah. Uh, anyone, and, and I can say I highly recommend getting a hold of some of these Oh, wines. me too. Yeah, man, <laughs> and I, I want the magnum of the uh, 2012 Syrah. Sold. Time. Bingo. Okay, um, yeah. And then any shout outs you guys want to give to uh, our friends around town um, or anyone out in the ethos? Well, I tried to go to the Girl and Fig um, for lunch and it's closed this week. Correct. Yeah, they're so, doing their annual... Um, revamping and cleaning up and getting yep. ready, taking a little break for some You know what the they're folks. actually doing? I, I kind of have an inside track on this. I actually know because every year they try and knock out one more thing. When you're in a historic landmark building like that, you know, there's always challenges with um, construction. But what they're doing this year is they are matching the inside bathrooms to the outside bathrooms. So the outside bathrooms were what was that two three years ago where Sandra put those out there and she put those beautiful subway tiles in the bathrooms and they look really nice so now what they're doing is making that exact that same look on the inside bathroom so it'll all be sort of consistent cool so as soon as they get that done they'll open back up I, I know I'm kind of bummed I was hoping we'd go there for lunch today but uh, yeah I was gonna suggest it but uh, yeah I think nope. um, you know and if it's up to John they'll open up the minute the whatever caulking dries on those tiles so um, um it could be they might actually be even be open today <laughs> well, let's they might have put fans on that <laughs> on that bathroom um and always we well, always like should always be on in the bathroom but yeah you, you know what that's a good idea <laughs> yeah. um and as always we like to give a shout out to uh todd jolly at uh, sonoma's best oh yeah i need to get over there he, he perfected the five bottles of of very inexpensive French wine for me around Christmas. Nice. And so I did that a couple of times and I, uh, I sent one to a friend. I sent a few bottles to the Podmaster. Nice. And Sondra and I actually just got really nice um, handwritten cards from Nicole Rollet from Chan Bleu. Oh, Just kind of yeah. wishing us a happy new year and wondering when we were going to come out and visit her. I got some, a couple of nice cards. Joan and I got nice cards from uh, Nicole and a couple of really nice uh, Christmas cards. Uh, ornaments. Nice. From Chen Blue. Very nice. Very, oh, very cool. nice. Yeah, and uh, Bart, I know you've got a little bit of Chenin Blanc 2014, I believe, that I tried last week. That's really good. Bart you might have Chenin a few Blanc. cases sitting yeah, around. Yeah, although we're, we're really, you know, the 2016, we'd like to. You keep saying I that. know. Well, I got, so, a, I got so, a bunch of 2016 Chenin to sell still. I know. Man. So if you buy a case of the 2016, maybe um, he'll let you have a bottle of the 2014. How about that? Is that, is that yeah, fair? We, we can do that. If you know, if you let me know, you can let me know. I just want to give a shout out to all of our um, listeners out there who um, have purchased some wine from me here in this last year and thank them. And um, all of you people out there who listen to the show that uh, we've communicated either through social media or emails. Um, thank you. And, you know, of course, we'd love to keep sharing uh, the podcast with people. And I think the best way to do that is for you to tell your friends uh, to um, do a review on iTunes or whatever forum that you use to, um, to l listen to your podcast. 
Um, it helps us uh, just, you know, make awareness. Yeah. We'll let people decide if they like the show, but we need to get the show to the people. So that's right. Well, and this was a good show. You know, sometimes we're we're sitting with titans of the industry like Tim Wallace and uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> that was one of the most interesting shows um, we've ever done. And sometimes we're hanging out with people that you possibly haven't heard of, but we think deserve the attention. Um, and maybe a little extra effort to get a hold of their wines. I think Ben is one of those guys, and I think once you get, just like I say this about good wines, it's just a matter of getting it in people's mouths. Yeah. Once you I get mean, it in their mouths. That's mouth, what I yeah. tell the people. These yeah. are authentic Put this in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put this in your mouth, right. Bill Cosby does a lot. That's right. All right, we're going to, I think, uh, end the show on that note. <laughs> this has been The Winemakers. Uh, we'll look forward to... Uh, Talking to you next week. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Hey, I'm John Myers with my good friends Bart Hansen, Brian Casey, and Ben Larks. Ben, so good to see you again. Keep traveling, well. man. Keep keep putting that juice and sauce into people's mouths. Yeah, okay? thanks, Ben. I'd like a little sauce in my mouth. Right, Cheers, bye. everybody. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>